Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 32, verses 1 through 5, called Looking for Answers. Some have called Elihu God's forerunner because in some ways he lays the groundwork for God's words that are coming to Job. And the first thing that we learn about Elihu is that he is angry. (laughs) It says, but the anger of Elihu burned against Job. The first thing we hear about Elihu, before even we hear about his genealogy, is that he is angry with a capital A. And I have to tell you that there's probably no topic like the problem of evil that stirs more anger in people. Amen? Either it's your anger or the anger at the so-called people who are trying to wax eloquent about what they think they know about the universe to everything in between. And if it happens personally to us, then we can be angry, right? And we, we all go through that. And so the anger of Elihu burned. We will see this two more times in the following three verses. In four verses, in in, uh, chapter 32, verses two through five, there are four references to the anger of Elihu. He is a mad dude. (laughs) Angry. And I know that enough of us walking the planet If I look at a room like this tonight, I would have to say that some of you deal with anger issues. Some of you are getting better with it. As a young man, I will tell you I had an anger issue. And I was angry at a lot of things. I was angry at a broken family. I was angry at a dad that disappeared. I had a chip on my shoulder and I tried to to, uh, satisfy my desire to prove that I was worth something by you know, sports and the gym and, and you name it. But, I, but there was an anger. And that anger would come out at different times. One of the times was I was trying to change a tire in my sister's driveway, and the jack was not cooperating with me. Now, the problem was not the jack. The problem was the non-mechanical gifts <laughs> that I inherited. And I took the jack, and I'm talking about like a car jack, and went... And I set the world record for distance in throwing, yeah. That's one example. There's many I could give you, but they're not pretty. But as the Holy Spirit got a hold of my life, as I realized that God's the father of the fatherless, as I realized that my backstory wasn't really so much about me, it was about other people making their own decisions, as I learned what my heavenly father had for me and how he showed me to be a godly man through other men in the church that I watched and I grew in my faith, that anger began to recede. But there is such a thing in the Bible as righteous anger and that particular anger is seen in the life of Jesus. When Jesus got angry, it was righteous anger. When he was angry, at the unbelief of the religious leadership when he turned over the tables in the temple. 
When Jesus got angry, it was a righteous anger. And some would argue that Elihu's anger here is righteous. Now, the book of James says that the anger of man, James 1.20, does not achieve the righteousness that God desires, James 1.20. And the verse before that says, let every one of us be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And what we find out about Elihu is he's been waiting for 31 chapters to talk. (laughs) Talk about reasons to be angry. All right, that's enough. I'm not waiting anymore. And we're going to find out that Elihu is mad at everybody. Notice in verse 2, he's the son of Barakel. There's an alternate spelling in the NIV where there's a K instead of an E-H. Just take a look at that word, Bible students. So if you have the K, it's the word Barak, B-A-R-A-K, and an E-L ending, okay? The word Barak is the Hebrew word for bless, and L is the name of God. So you got a Hebrew lesson there. It's bless God. So this man has a very significant name, and I'll, I'll give you the exact definition in a moment. And he comes from the clan of the Buzzites. All right? They had a lot of short haircuts in their family. You always knew when they were coming into the restaurant, everybody had a buzz haircut. I would imagine with his anger problems that his dad used to maybe buzz around the house and get angry. You know? Yeah, all right. Can I think of any more buzz jokes? Uh, Buzz Lightyear, okay. That's enough of that. But notice he's the only one of the four people who speak into Job's life that's ever given a genealogy in the book. Some say that's because he's young and has no established uh, you know, history with, of which to lean on. And others say it's because there's some significance to who this man is. He is Elihu, the son of Barakel, the Buzzite, of the family of Ram. And commentators believe that Ram connects uh, him right back to Abraham. And there's a connection to the children of Israel. Notice Elihu's anger burned against Job. His anger burned because he, Job, justified himself before God. Elihu's name means, he is my God, And Barakel, his dad, means bless, O God, or God has blessed. But Elihu means he, and there's that L again. See that E-L beginning? He is my God. It's very close to the word Elijah, or the name Elijah. He is my God. I want to make an application point here as it relates to the problem of evil. And I mentioned this in the opening remarks. If you do the problem of evil, saying he is my God, it's much easier than doing the problem of evil by saying, I don't believe in anything. And so I think the name is instructive here. It's a fitting name because it points to the true God and says that the true God is my God. In the famous Psalm 23, David writes, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now the rest of the the beautiful psalm there is anchored to the very first words of Psalm 23. The Lord is 
my shepherd. And as a consequence of that, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He puts me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my, my enemies. He anoints my head with oil. My cup overflows. You got it? Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See, that's what we're talking about. If I stood up before a group of people, and, and Pastor John and I uh, have done this many times, Pastor Mike and all the other pastors here, and if we read Psalm 23 at a memorial service, we've often had to say to the group, and we say it with the hope that they will come to know the Savior, you can claim the rest of Psalm 23 if you know the shepherd. And Elihu's name means to me that one of the ways to navigate the problem of evil is to decide that God is your God no matter what. And that is not the easiest thing to do. Because some of us have tendencies to run from just about every problem that we've ever encountered. And if you're a runner, God is trying to teach you how to be a stayer. God is trying to teach you how to move into him when everything is not the way you think it ought to be. Because in the equation, the name he is my God means he's my God and I'm not his God. Amen? Now, I say that with the fear and trepidation it deserves because I know, as well as you know, that life is going to be hard at times. I'm going to be confused at times. I'm not going to have all the answers. In fact, in the light of the tragedy that happened with those teenagers and coming up here with the chapter that was ahead of us, I was like, oh, God, I don't even know if I can do this. Who am I to try to speak to these issues? What do I really know? <laughs> about this problem? What do I really know about how to communicate such things as this? But here we are. And so this man, Elihu, comes into the picture. And he's angry. And before you get angry at Elihu for being angry, Let's see why he's mad. You ever gotten angry at someone for being angry? You're like, why are you angry? Now I'm angry. <laughs> it's kind of like when you laugh and other people are laughing. When you see somebody just laughing uncontrollably, you just want to laugh, right? You have no idea why they're even laughing. And when everybody's angry, you kind of just, yeah, that's right. Something's wrong around here. I just know it. You hear about the story about the kids, they put, uh, what is that, really smelly cheese on their grandpa's mustache? What is that, Limburger or Worcester or whatever it is? And grandpa woke up from a nap and he went, it stinks in here. And then he got up from the bed and he said, this room stinks. I stink. And then he walked out in the living room. He says, this house stinks. Then he walked out the front door. The whole world stinks. Somebody put some smelly cheese on your mustache, Grandpa. Recently, I heard a comedian say, why should I pray to God to find my keys when he didn't even get involved in the Holocaust? I can't pray to a God who didn't stop the Holocaust. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations this year. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. And he's angry. And before you get angry at Elihu for being angry, (laughs) let's see why he's mad. You ever gotten angry at someone for being angry? You're like, why are you angry? Now I'm angry. <laughs> it's kind of like when you laugh and other people are laughing. When you see someone just laughing uncontrollably, you just want to laugh, right? You have no idea why they're even laughing. And when everybody's angry, you kind of just, yeah, that's right. Something's wrong around here. I just know it. You hear about the story about the kids, they put, uh, what is that, really smelly cheese on their grandpa's mustache? What is that, Limburger or Worcester or whatever it is? And Grandpa woke up from a nap and he went, it stinks in here. And then he got up from the bed and he said, this room stinks. I stink. And then he walked out in the living room. He says, this house stinks. Then he walked out the front door. The whole world stinks. Somebody put some smelly cheese on your mustache, Grandpa. Recently, I heard a comedian say, why should I pray to God to find my keys when he didn't even get involved in the Holocaust? I can't pray to a God who didn't stop the Holocaust. But isn't it interesting to think about that one because who caused the Holocaust? Did God do that? I don't think so. I've seen some of the footage and I see other people perpetrating those crimes. I know it brings up some deep questions, but Rabbi Zacharias put it this way. He says, moral evil is not only a problem around us. It's a problem within us. And I'm going to take you to the things that we talked about with the kids that were ran off the road. And immediately our prayers and thoughts go to those families that lost, and they should. But now... We have a perpetrator. And now we gotta, we gotta deal with, well, how do we look at that man now? 
And how, how do we fold the gospel into that equation? I've heard from some people that there's forgiveness being articulated even in these early moments towards that man. Elihu is angry. There's no easy answers to these questions, but he's angry because of the honor of God. You see, the New Living Translation says he was angry because Job refused to admit that he had sinned and that God was right in punishing him. Elihu feels compelled to speak to defend God's honor. Would to God that that's the reason that I get angry. If you want to define what righteous anger is, it should be around the honor of God. Amen? See, most of the time that we get angry, it's because we feel like we've been offended. It's been a personal affront to me. I'm offended. You were mean to me. How dare you? But what if your anger only came out when God was being dishonored? What if, it, what if the honor of God was the main thrust behind the reasons that we might get righteously indignant? Well, his anger burned, verse 3, against his three friends, Job's three friends, so-called friends or comforters, because what? They had found no answer, and yet had condemned Job. Now, some of you are thinking, what do you mean they found no answer? They've been talking for 30 chapters. Each of them had three speeches. They go on and on and on and on. What do you mean they have no answer? Well, have you noticed there's people, some people who do a whole lot of talking, <laughs> but there's no answer in there. No, no compelling answer, no substantive answer, no answer that would really excite us and make, oh, that, okay, right? And this issue brings up those similar kinds of feelings. Elihu is mad at Job because he feels that Job has kind of said God's wrong and I'm right. He's mad at the three friends because they've shut their mouth and they should have shut Job's mouth. And in the ancient world, if you silenced someone in a debate, you were seen as the winner. It's kind of like this. If I was able to debate somebody and silence my enemy so that he had no argument, no comeback, then... I was seen as winning the debate. And Elihu says, by you guys not responding to Job's word, words in Job 31, which is the final of three chapters, you have essentially waved the white flag and acted as if Job is correct. One writer compared Job to the Pharisee in Luke 18 who, you know, says, I'm grateful that I'm not like other men and like this, this guy next to me and I do this and I do that. And he justified himself before God. And in one sense, that's what Job is doing. But in another sense, Job can't be condemned as a Pharisee because Job was a good man. So this is a tough one. It seems, says one writer, that Elihu's anger is in measure akin to the anger of the Lord. God's zeal for his own glory translated itself into Elihu's jealousy for God's glory. It would be good if we too shared Elihu's indignation more deeply than we do. For it is the glory of God in his holiness and majesty that is a major part of Job's answer as we come to the end of the book. Remember, God will start asking Job questions, right? 
at the end of the book. And Job is going to find his answers in the glory and in the face of God. And that's where we're going to answer the problem of evil. Because this world is not all there is. Because God is working a bigger plan. At the end of the book, God will correct uh, Job and ask Job to pray for his three friends. But Elihu is not corrected and not even addressed. It may speak of the fact that Elihu was right, even though some of what he says is close to the others. A couple of quotes. Though much of what Elihu says in the following chapters is similar to Job's comforters, it is also different in this respect. He does not assume that all suffering is punishment from past sins. He teaches that misfortune may befall a person in order to awaken him to some wrongful attitude or unconscious error and thus keep him from taking a wrong course. Another major difference in his teaching is the emphasis that suffering may be an expression of God's mercy more than his wrath. With these, Elihu makes a significant contribution to the core issues of the book, namely how the righteous should respond to suffering. Through Elihu, the author presents some major insights into God's use of suffering. Also, the importance of Elihu's role among the various speakers should not be overlooked. It is attested in the fact that he delivers four speeches, one more than each of the three comforters. Jones puts it succinctly when he says, quote, the friends said that Job was suffering because he had sinned. Elihu says that Job has sinned because he was suffering. Do you get the difference? See, Elihu is basically saying, Job, once you began to suffer, that's when you went wrong. That's when you began to accuse God. That's when your mouth began to speak sinful things. And oh, God, help us in those times. Oh, God, help us when we don't get it and it doesn't fit with our plan or our view of God. And now, all of a sudden, we've got to deal with our emotions, our deep thoughts, our questions, our uh, Temptations to wave the white flag, to walk away, you can fill in the blank. And who could blame Job on a human level? How much more could one person suffer and get silence back from heaven and get poor comfort from so-called friends? At what point does a man just simply break and say, it's too much? You've been listening to Looking for Answers Part 2 on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 32, verses 1 through 5. Hey, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, just a reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your donation helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. It's also part of how we're able to offer our 633 apologetic events for free as well. There's a lot going on behind the scenes to help create this radio podcast program, too. So we're very grateful to our financial partners and our prayer partners. Seriously, thank you very much. Now, if you're a longtime listener of Walk in Truth, would you please consider becoming a monthly partner of $5 a month? Every bit helps, so please pray about it and then visit walkintruth.com to donate. If you can't give right now, would you please consider becoming a prayer partner? You can sign up for that and just keep this ministry in your prayers. But if you can give a donation, please visit walkintruth.com today. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word before we go. Well, as you look for answers, sometimes it's frustrating and sometimes you get a little angry. 
Is there a place for righteous anger? Yes. Now, the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. So if you have a, a temper tantrum, that, that's, that's not going to do anything. And it may push people away from the faith. But righteous anger is something that you should have. And if you don't experience righteous anger, you may want to look at your walk. If nothing makes you mad, like if unrighteousness doesn't anger you, check your walk because it angered Jesus. Jesus got angry in the face of evil and hypocrisy and what people did to one another that hurt them. And I would just say, well, how do you know the difference? The difference is ask yourself why you're getting angry and what what's the motive? What's the reason behind your anger? Is it because something about me, like I was disrespected, or is it something about what's right and true and good, something about the holiness and honor of God? When you peel that back, you'll know your reason for being angry, and then you'll know whether or not it's correct. God bless you, man. <laughs> I'm so glad you're listening. I had to take a moment there to gulp because when I say these things, I got to look in the mirror as well. Hey, I'm glad you're listening to Walk in Truth. This is Pastor Michael Lance, and we're going through the book of Job, and it's been so incredible, deep, profound, and I'm so glad you're listening. And we're going to do a part three tomorrow on looking for answers. Hey, stay tuned, keep us in prayer, and we'll see you here tomorrow. And don't forget, we've skipped over some of Pastor Michael's teachings in the book of Job, but you can listen or watch those teachings when you download our free Living Truth app. It's the one with the red logo with the pillars. And join us tomorrow on the station for the conclusion of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Job chapter 32, verses 1 through 5, called Looking for Answers. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.